You are listening to episode 27 of the Embers Collective podcast. This is Finton with the music by Tim Carp, written and performed by the incredibly bangable Sam Riggs. It begins with a ship, a huge ship, crossing deep waters from distant lands. On the ship, packed in are women and men, making their way from someplace else in the hope of making their home somewhere else. But on the voyage, a mysterious illness took hold of the men. At first, their heads began to spin like something pulled the back of their skulls tight, and at night they would shake, bones rattling, teeth chattering as sweat poured from them. Their skin turned yellow and black marks burned their bodies whilst their gums bled. And then, one by one, they would drop down dead. As a new land, an island finally came into view. There was 50 women and just three men left. Ladir, strong and stable, the captain of the ship. An old, old man called Bith and Finton, who was, well, nothing really. He had no special talents or wisdom. People found it hard to remember who he was when they were talking to him. He was just, you know, that bloke. As the ship anchored nearer to the island, everyone readied themselves to board to start a new life. Ladir, the captain, surveyed the land, and he turned to address the rest of them, stood in a stance that asserted his role as the manliest of men. Right, people, he called to the crew, thrusting his pelvis at them as he spoke. This here island looks good and green. Now, we don't know what's going to be waiting for us when we get ashore. Could be cannibals, could be karate men. But trust me, I've punched, kicked and stabbed my way out of plenty of sticky situations. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing. Now I reckon the water is definitely shallow enough for us to wade ashore, so come on! And with that, he drew his sword and with a great shout of, Follow me! He leapt off the side of the boat and... disappeared. The others watched, and waited, and watched, and waited, and waited, and waited. I don't think he's coming back, said one of the women. Shall we just row there, in one of the lifeboats? Everyone nodded in agreement. It seemed the most sensible idea. And so there they all were, on this strange new land, and they set about making it a home, building shelters and setting up a basic camp. The land was very green, thick with forests, and a great mountain rose up from behind the trees, towering over this lush woodland, its jagged rock face tearing up into the grey sky. After some days, a general meeting was called, and assembled were the 50 women, old man Bith, and that bloke, you know, was his name? Finton. One lady, Helen, who had become the de facto leader of the ragtag band, stepped forward. The time has come, she said, for us to think of our future. This green land is going to be our home, the earth rich and ripe for farming. But our attention must come to the next generation. Bith and... Um... Um... Yes, yes, Finton. There are 50 women here. 
in their prime. We can farm, build, govern, defend ourselves if necessary. But we want to populate this land with our own. And that is where we need you to. Biff and you, will you please help us make babies? The assembled women all turned very expectantly towards the men. Finton was lost for words as Bith staggered forward. I would love to. <laughs> he fell to the floor, clutching his heart, his eyes wide open, fixed in an expression of excitement and shock. Finton knelt down, avoiding his massive erection and felt the old man's pulse. Nothing. Bith's dead. Um, we'd better, uh... He stopped, as all of a sudden he felt the weight of 100 eyes bearing down on him. He rose carefully, knowing the slightest of movements could set them off, and stood to face them. Helen sized him up. Fanta, you will have to do... Um, all 50 of you... They all nodded. Finton had never actually, you know, you know, done it. Not even with one woman. Now there were 50, and all of them were willing to settle for him. I mean... And so Finton, rolling up his sleeves, did what any man in that situation would have done. He ran. No, Tim, he really ran. Faster. Proper pegging it as fast as he could. At breakneck speed, the group of ladies took chase, shouting after him, Fenton! Fenton! Jesus Christ, Fenton! Come back here and have sex with us! No! Fenton screamed as he ran, losing them in the thick, dark, dense woods, crashing through the forest, bursting through bushes, sidestepping stumps and all the other alliterative things you can do when being chased by lusty dames through woods. Lungs bursting, he ran all the way up the great tall mountain, heart thumping, his sweat sweating, his chafes chafing. He made it to a ledge, and only when he heard the women's voices die away did he allow himself to stop, collapsing in a heap and a puddle of sweat. The ledge was attached to a small cave, tucked away in the mountain, and when night fell, he dragged himself into it and fell fast asleep. But he was woken up by a shaking, a great rumbling sound. The mountain was trembling. The wind shrieked its way into the cave, screaming him bolt upright. He went out on the ledge to investigate where he stood, transfixed by the sight before him. Birds whipped by him in panic. A frenzied flight from the forest below came the terrified bellow and shrieks of all the animals, their hoof and paws thundering as they tried to escape, shaking the trees, and it was as if the woods came alive. The trees were shaking in terror, trying to tear at their roots from the earth and run, because behind them, rising up from the sea, like a great black wall of death, there came a colossal wave. Finton watched as it tore towards him, helplessly, as it engulfed the beach, the ramshackle camp they had made gone, the women gone, the ship they had arrived on thrown like a toy into the forest, quickly disappearing as the black waves swallowed the trees whole. 
the crest of the wave became foam-flecked fingers, reaching out for Finton, ready to drag him and everything he was down into its dark depths. Finton held up his hands and shouted, Stop! And to his surprise, it did. And a face suddenly appeared in the great black wall of water towering over him and the foam-flecked fingers pulled a cigarette out of nowhere placing it between watery lips and lighting it Ah oui? Who are you? Stopping me in my wanton path of destruction? Uh, hello um, I'm I'm Fintan Fintan! Tell me why should I spare your miserable little life? Finton thought. This wave was actually the first thing who'd taken any interest in his life, beyond wanting to just shag him. And he'd never had to justify his existence before. But nothing immediately came to mind. A sucker bleu, Fintan! Hurry up! I'm a very busy body of water. I am late for my lovemaking. There is a woman in Marseille who wants me to paint her. Penta? Penta! Penta? Are we Penta? With my watercolours! Oh! Paint her! Right! You are being a ban in my chocolate! I am going to drown you! Vincent fell to his knees, desperately begging the wave. Please, 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 if you allow me to live and remain on this land, I will never leave it. I will give myself completely to it. I will never again love any man or woman as I love this land. I will come to know it's every secret, every tree, every hill, every river, every animal that calls at home will become brother and sister to me and I will know them as I know myself. This I swear! And the wave looked down at him, stubbed out his cigarette and with a shrug, crashed down on Finton, where it all went dark. And when he woke up, he found himself swimming through water. But instead of skin, he had scales. And instead of fingers, he had fins. And instead of feet, he had a tail. He was a salmon. A motherfucking salmon. And so he spent his days swimming around the waterways. Every delta became his domain. And as he did, he sang himself his salmon song, and it went something like this. I'm Finton, I'm a salmon, and I'm swimming along, swimming along, just singing my song. Got fins and a tail, I'm Finton, yeah. It's not very good, is it? So we'll just leave it there. But after about 500 years, he got quite bored of exploring all the waterways and he looked up and he saw the sky above him and he thought how wonderful to be able to fly through that sky oh well not for me i'm just a salmon um vinton stop but when he woke up the next day he wasn't swimming through the water he was flying through the sky 
and instead of a tail, he had talons. And instead of fins, he had wings. And instead of scales, he had feathers. And a great beak protruded from the front of his face. Yeah, he was an eagle. A motherfucking eagle. And so he flew around through that sky, getting to know every mountaintop, hilltop, crevice, all the trees as well. And he went along for years and years just singing his majestic eagle song. And it went a little something like this. I'm Finton! I'm an eagle! I'm flying through the sky! Not very good, is it? So we'll leave it there. But after about 500 years, he got bored of flying through the sky and he looked down at the grassy plains and thought, how awesome would it be to run around on them with legs instead of talons? Oh, well, I'm just an eagle. Ah, no. But that night, he went to sleep. And when he woke up the next day, he was running along those grassy plains and instead of talons, he had hooves. And instead of wings, he had fur. And instead of a beak, he had a great big snout and huge antlers on his head. That's right, he was an elk. A motherfucking elk. And so he roamed those grassy lands, getting to know every shrub, every plant and every branch. And he just went along singing his elky song and it went do you know what it's it's rubbish it's really bad so let's just leave it there and after 500 years as he was walking along that same beach that he'd arrived on all those years before Finton saw boats coming towards the shore with people inside them he hid behind a tree what does he do does he welcome them to the land or does he turn them away he asked the spirit of the land for guidance. Give me a sign, he said, any sign, what should I do? And then the land began to tremble and rumble and shake and a giant lake appeared and... That's not very clear, said Vinton. Give me, give me a sign, make it clear. And then the land began to tremble and rumble and shake and another giant lake appeared. No, that's, I still, I don't know what you want from me. Um... Two lakes, yes. One lake, no. Okay? And then the land began to tremble and rumble and shake and one, two lakes appeared. Right, yeah, I welcome them, said Finton. And as the people began to unload themselves from the boats, getting onto the shore, they saw a naked man covered in moss walking towards them he had an antler sticking out the side of his head and some feathers on an elbow and one of his feet were hoof but he was friendly and had a big smile on his face and so they welcomed him as he welcomed them and they accepted him as one of their own and yeah he sang really badly all the time it was awful but he had a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom and he shared that with them and he showed them how to live with the land and not on it. So that's how he became known as Finton the Wise, which in English means Finton the Wise. And so began the story of the first people of the island of Ireland, 
the first of many. But those other ones, well, you'll have to check the internet for that. Thank you very much, Sam Ricks. No worries. Um, here we are in the room with Sam Ricks, Tim Carp, and myself, Lonan Jenkins. Um, Rixie, what? Where this this story has a has a very different origin to kind of its form now. What? what how did you sort of come across this story, or what? What's the original? So this is uh, kind of one of the Irish Celtic origin myths. Um, and it was actually one of the first stories that we ever performed, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, In nearly the four years star ago. Star above Hackney Downs, mm. um, and so that's genuinely where I first heard it because um, I didn't know much about Irish mythology beyond Finn McCool, and then I heard you do it, and um, and I thought it was incredible that this was this was a origin story about the people of Ireland. And they never assumed that they were just put there by some god or made by some god. They always um, had it that they came from somewhere else and that they were um, from far away and that they they just called this home. And this is part of a really... It's really worth looking into, just this deep vein of Irish mythology. Um, it goes... You, you know, you start looking into, like, Firbolg and the Chua de Danon and then it's the Ku Cullen stuff. And that's, you know, you're just scratching the surface, really. Mm. Um, because it's, you know, it's, it's the same with all of the British Isles. It's, just, it's loads of different people who've been lumped together under this umbrella term of Britain or Scottish or Welsh or Irish, and actually it's just loads of different tribes, each with their own mythologies, that have then just been, like, lumped together by Christianity and various kings and battles along the way. And it all just sort of bleeds into this one thing. It's it's kind of amazing, mm-hmm. actually. It's a really interesting story as well because, um, you know, rewinding back from sort of where yours begins, um, Cesar is the woman who is the daughter of Noah, of yeah. Noah and the Ark, and she decides to not just let the flood drown her. She leaves Egypt with 150 women on three ships and decides to set sail for Ireland, which is like really mad that that's the Irish origin story in the book of invasions of how the first people arrived in Ireland, of Ireland. And, you know, I guess you got to look at who was writing these stories down and it was, it was the Christians who arrived and where, what, what the original version was that they sort of gathered from the mm. pagan Celtic people and what version they decided to write down and what bits they added and embellished because, you know, they then, after they all arrived there, they all get wiped out in the flood yeah. that God sends anyway, yeah. except for Vinton, which is which is sort of where you've taken that character off yeah. into into his own narrative, which is which is amazing. Um, and it's such a like, yeah, I, I was trying to smother my laughter into the pedal <laughs> when you were telling it and like I know when I've watched Tim playing it sometimes live like Tim's literally unable to stop laughing and yeah like... sometimes I have to stop playing <laughs> thank you making me laugh too much yeah I mean I, I, I don't know I, I like I like trying to make people laugh and also it's just it's a funny concept for a story mm. where this guy runs away from 50 women he doesn't want to have sex with 50 women it's mental who doesn't want to do that I would, obviously. 
sorry to my girlfriend, but I would, <laughs> I would have sex with 50 women if I found myself in an ancient myth. I think you'd never know until you were there. I wouldn't know until I was there. Um, yeah, no, so, so it's a funny premise. And um, also then this guy just turns into a salmon and that's just as it is. And then he turns into an eagle and then he turns into an elk and that's how he gets to know the land. And, mm. and um, I really like this idea that because Finton is now such a, a huge thing in, in Irish mythology and actually just in general in uh, in the Irish culture, you know, Fintan the Salmon. Mm. That's uh, a classic thing that everyone knows. And I really like the idea that before that he was actually nothing. He was just this complete non-entity of a human being that ended up being integral to the formation of Ireland, you know. Yeah, and he's he's he pops up in loads of different stories as well and he also... You know, on what on on what we were told, he's the one who's responsible for uh, passing on the stories of the of the people who were the first ones to arrive, mm. and and he's the one who knew the land and learned the land, and then whenever the first the new first people arrive, he then shares these two this two thousand years of knowledge and tells them all these stories, and they're the ones who then pass them on to us. So Fintan's the Findens that are linked to the really ancient past and the, and the link to the land because he teaches everyone that they must you know respect the land and and learn from it and respect the animals and reminds them of that when they first when they first arrive yeah. on the land and so he's 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 such an important figure um, responsible for for so much you know yeah and it also um, as we as we often find with doing these things the lens through which we're able to receive all of this is through Christianity because the monks were the first people to start writing this stuff down. Mm. Um, whereas before, you know, with um, Celtic traditions, ancient Britain, it was all oral. You know, why would you write something down? I don't think anyone could actually write, so what's the point? Mm. So it was all oral storytelling. It was these uh, tales that they would tell each other. And then the monks came along and started writing them down, but then obviously that had been... Uh, bastardised with a bit of Christianity as mm. well so it's kind of like and then God came and mm. did this and then Jesus came and did this and it's like that clearly didn't happen <laughs> you've just replaced one God with another God etc 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 especially to... in that story where it's like and then they all died in the flood and yeah like did they yeah what did they all die in the flood like all the women that arrived <laughs> on the island of Ireland um, I'd love to know what the real version exactly was, you know? yeah know what the original version is and it's that um and you do just kind of have to use your imagination a bit more. But uh, to be fair, I mean, at least with, without those monks writing it down, we wouldn't even have the bones yeah. of what the story is. And so um, you've got to be thankful for that. But you realise that there's there's so many other stories and so much more of our like cultural history of these islands that make up United Kingdom and Ireland that has just been, that has gone, you know. Mm. Um, luckily, you find it with the Mabignon, the, the Welsh one. Um, and then also the Arthurian legends like King Arthur. Um, but even they, you know, uh, to do with the Holy Grail, mm. and really this was pre-Saxons knights, mm. warriors, n- had nothing to do with the Holy Grail. Like, really, nothing to do with it at all. But it's just been adapted and changed and adapted and changed and repackaged and retold and redelivered to sort of fit in with a medieval Christianity. I guess that's kind of what we're doing yeah. now yeah <laughs> or repackaging it and re-delivering it and and changing it to 
to to work for our audiences and and for what we want to get want, across. Want to get across? Yeah, yeah. Our, our message. Yeah, yeah, fuck, we're monks. We are the monks. We are we the, are monks. the modern day monks. We're the new monks. <laughs> yeah, I don't really feel about that actually. Do you think like in a couple of thousand years people would go, God, if only the Embers Collective hadn't like you know recorded these really weird versions yeah. of this song. what were the original ones like yeah maybe if in 2000 years <laughs> you're, you're listening, listening to, to this, this. <laughs> sorry not sorry <laughs> <laughs> how's um, it doing the music to that one Tim because it's got it's got a couple of lovely little song bits in there oh well you know it's great working with uh, with Rixie's um, flow and Rixie's singing mm, is always a, is always a treat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's, I'm just trying not to laugh. To be honest, the whole way through. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's great. It's his usual uh, the usual thing, really. It's quite it's quite nice. We're actually doing this one uh, now and this month because it it was it was actually the very first story we ever did um, on our very first night. Um, and and this month is kind of our our, our fourth mo- fourth birthday, really. Four years since oh, yeah. we, we started that. Yeah. Um, oh shit! So it's 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 really nice that we're doing this one actually. It's coming full circle. It's come full circle. Completely by accident. Yeah. <laughs> as most things we yeah, do. Yeah, as most things we do. <laughs> oh wow! Well, yeah, I mean, four years flipping out. My, um, what a time! What a time we've had. That's yeah. incredible. I think we've done quite a lot in four years. Yeah. We have, and, and, you know, this month we've we've got our three vault shows, we've got our birthday open day, we've got a lot going on, in it, and it's a, it's a great way of sort of, yes, yeah, just showing how much we've done and, and how much there is to do, I guess, as well. Yeah. Um, and we like just telling stories. Yeah. In any way we can, in silly ways, serious <laughs> ways, musical ways. And when you think about all the other people, we work, you know, we've like, we've worked with clowns, we've worked with dancers, we've worked with singers, we've worked with puppeteers. Um, it's kind of just follow your feet with it. It's really fun. Mm. Yeah. You know, constantly opening up yeah. new ways of doing it. And I guess it is that thing of taking these old myths and stories, which, like, the bones of them are just brilliant and they're just incredible and they're surreal and they've got real me- wonderful messages in them as well. And it is just constantly changing them, constantly repackaging them, constantly redelivering them. Um, and uh, try making them as enjoyable as possible because they're, they are, you know, you come across some of these old tales, you're like, this is bonkers. Mm. People were just as bonkers then as they are now, and if not more, <laughs> because they knew less. They're probably doing more mushrooms. Doing more mushrooms. <laughs> like, what was the sun? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what even what, is it? What is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> How did we get here, Dad? <laughs> well, there was a man who turned into a salmon. <laughs> and he then became an eagle and... Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then Jesus came. And then Jesus came. <laughs> and now everything's fine. <laughs> that's how it works. And that's why you can't masturbate. And <laughs> what? <laughs> um, well, I guess on that note, if you're listening to this... Um, if you're listening to this in the month of March, on the uh, 18th, we have uh, Mother at Vault Festival. On the 19th of March, we have Queer Story. And on the 20th of March, we have Fucked Up Fairy Tales. Um, Rixie is eating a biscuit Sorry. into his microphone. Um, 
And then <laughs> on the 15th of March, we are doing uh, a, a birthday open day, really, an, an evening where during the day we're, we're going to the Jago in Dodston and we're going to just have a mess around and a play and, and some people are going to come and do some mini workshops and yeah. some um, activities and we're going to have songs and stories and performances and sort of ending on an, on a bit of an open mic session uh, where people can try stuff out and then in the evening we're heading to the wonderful Donya in Stoke Newington for um, a bit of a jam and a bit of a party and a bit of a sing um, so that's kind of it I think from us yeah. um, oh and if you're listening to this in 2000 years time <laughs> We're really sorry for the mess we made. We tried to stop it a bit. We did some stuff, but, you know. Sort of. Enjoy your hot planet. <laughs> I hope it's not too bad. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>